get a look at the bigger picture. Octavio Morenzi's with us, CEO at Opimas. Octavio Morenzi, how are you feeling today? We're wrapping up uh, another busy week. Next week we'll get CPI, PPI, retail sales. Um, but rates are on the rise, and that's been pressuring stocks too. Indeed. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see you describe it as it's a busy week. It looked like a pretty awful week, actually. Uh, all this indices down, basically a bad week on Wall Street. And I think you're absolutely right. People watching the rates, trying to figure out what the Fed is going to do next. And and I think the balance of sort of risks is looking like the Fed is going to carry on increasing rates, and that has people spooked a bit. So that's impacting stocks. It's uh, impacting yields and bond prices. Uh, it looks pretty bad all around. All right. Well, there's a. Uh... There's one way to look at it. Um, is there some bright spots? Well, listen, I'm, I'm really optimistic and, and, and uh, emboldened by the fact that you can simply buy now six-month treasuries, take absolutely no risk, and get almost a 5% return on that. So that's sort of guaranteed. I, I can't remember the last time you could basically that, that kind of return by taking absolutely no risk and just sitting on your hands by looking at the sidelines. So I think that's a really appealing investment at this stage. Get 5% and take absolutely no risk. Take the money out of the market, put it into, into treasuries, six-month treasuries, uh, and wait and see what happens. It seems like a winning strategy. And it has been, right? I mean, short-term treasuries have been the way to go in the last year or so, pretty much, right? In, indeed. And the, the thing to think about there is, too, that you have, with very short-term treasuries, you don't face any sort of interest rate risk, really. With the longer-dated treasuries, if interest rate goes up, you get hit because the value of the bond comes down quite significantly. And that's what we saw happen through 2023. The bond markets did very, very badly, particularly the longer-dated bonds. So on the very short-term things, six months and under, where you're getting a pretty decent yield, uh, that's not a concern. They're, they're not very sensitive to interest rate changes. So that's a very nice place to be and you can go even shorter term than six month you can go in the two and three month uh, treasuries and they're returning almost that as, as well so that's a very appealing place to be and i think uh, investors should think about that basically take money out of the market uh, sit on the sidelines and get a guaranteed return i can't remember when this was last the case i think it's absolutely fantastic it is fantastic it certainly sounds that way um tell me a little bit about the different sectors i mean there's been a lot of excitement surrounding technology particularly with the nasdaq and this run of five straight weeks of gains though now we're going to snap that because the nasdaq's down two and a half percent this week but we haven't seen a run like this since i think 2019 or maybe even further back but the point is tech has been very hot now what? What do you tell people who like tech or should they take some off the table or still get in? I, I'm a bit negative about tech because it's, it's a sector that is also very, very sensitive to the Fed's policies. And I think basically the market is now sort of pricing in further increases in the Fed fund rates of about 25 basis points or 50 basis points. I think that's too optimistic. The Fed is still behind the eight ball trying to fight inflation. They had to raise interest rates very aggressively in 2022. The fight is not over. Inflation is still stubbornly high. It's come down, granted, but it still hasn't come down nearly enough to put the Fed at ease. So I think the Fed is probably going to raise interest rates to 5% and then wait for a bit and see, well, what happens now? There's always a lag. There's always a delay between the Fed's policy and when it actually starts to bite and has an impact. But I think they're going to have to carry on increasing beyond 5%. And that's going to weigh really heavily on tech stocks and it's going to weigh heavily on the longer dated bonds as well and the equities markets more generally. We've also got the specter of recession. I don't want to get into 
a guessing game about recession, yes or no, but there's a possibility. There's certain sectors that do relatively better in recessions, things like healthcare, consumer staples, things you simply have to buy. So those might be the sectors to think about. And tech, I think, is looking a bit overvalued. I'm feeling a bit like this looks like the rally that we saw in the summer. It feels a bit like a repeat of that when things basically got disappointing towards the end of the summer as it came back down. Tell me more about the things that you do like. You mentioned healthcare and consumer staples. How should investors look to those sectors specifically? Is it ETFs? Are there certain large cap, small cap, uh, things with moats? How would you go about getting into those sectors? I would definitely look at the ETFs. There's a bunch of good ETFs. I'm not going to endorse any particular one there, but there's a bunch of good ETFs that focus on those sectors. I think that's the best way to get exposure. That way you don't have to worry about buying individual stocks and take that risk. You've got a nice diversified portfolio. You don't have to worry about actually managing that actively yourself. Someone's worried about that for you. So I think that's the best way to get exposure in general. ETFs tend to have very, very low operating costs, uh, tend to have good returns as a result of that, or better returns than similar mutual funds. Uh, so I think that's the way to go is find an ETF in that sector and put the money in that way. I think that's probably the best way to do it. Also in the bond side as well, I think one of the better ways to get exposure to the bond market, we're talking about the short dated bond market, is also by buying ETFs in that space as well. You don't have to do it by directly buying the bond yourself. Interesting. Um, you know, when you talk about a portfolio and how it should be allocated, first of all, crypto, you're not interested in crypto. You don't want crypto in the portfolio. Well, you know, I, I yes, I'm a bit skeptical about crypto and where that's going to go, but not so much because I, I think it's worthless and, and there's nothing behind it, but more because I think the regulators really don't like it. I mean, the, the central bank and the government basically at this stage have a monopoly on printing money, on monopoly on, on the money supply. I don't think they're going to give that up very easily. So I think if crypto, it, things like Bitcoin or Ethereum really do break through and become really payment media, in a way they haven't. I mean, they're sort of investment assets, but they're not really payment media. So once you start to see them succeed in terms of becoming a replacement for the dollar in terms of payments and a store of value, then I think the regulators will start to crack down even harder. And we've started to see that. The regulators are really sort of trying to shut down the crypto markets, I think, through a thousand cuts. They don't want to be seen as just shutting it down entirely. They don't want to be accused of stifling innovation, but they don't like it. And so they're going slowly, bit by bit, regulating here, regulating there, bringing an action against this exchange, against that exchange. And pretty soon they're going to make life very, very hard for them and, and basically try and slow it down if they don't outright shut it down. So I think that's the approach they're taking. Basically regulate it, litigate against it, make it very, very difficult for those people. What about some of these Chinese-related stocks? And I only ask because they were so hot earlier in the week and they're already coming back down. We know that, that Alibaba and, and Baidu and all of these names are trying to also, just like Google, trying to compete with chat, GPT. And there was always the element, some people loved investing abroad and Chinese stocks. And then there's others who say, I like international, I step away from some of the Chinese-related stocks because I, I never quite know what to expect from China. I mean, where do you stand on that group of stocks? 
I, I agree with you. It's always very difficult to know what to expect from China. And in particular, sort of, there seems to be an antagonistic relationship between the Chinese government and tech companies in, in general. So the Chinese government has not liked the creation of these billionaires and has tried to break down and crack down on them fairly hard. They've sort of felt that certain people in the tech sector in China became simply too powerful. And they thought that there was basically a threat to their own political power within China. So they didn't want to see that emerge. And as a result, sort of cracked down on them very, very hard. So I, I, I feel a bit like the Chinese government cracks down on tech every once in a while and crushes that market and then has to come back a bit and then they crush it again. And that seems to be a bit of a passion. And so I'm a bit dubious and skeptical about the Chinese tech market and getting involved in there. Though if you can find the right stock, it is a very attractive place I and mean, it has a tremendous amount of growth potential. Octavio Lorenzi, wonderful to see you of Apimas. Thank you so much.